KG, and this is not safe for network. Get in there, you big boy. Oh, I don't care what you smell. Oh my God, this girl's really turning me on. I, I didn't quite get that. Think it again. Forget I thought it. It's a pressure valve. It won't open unless there's tremendous pressure. Oh, no, not the beast! Monta. Not the beast! Monta. Ah! I love my eyes! Monta. Montucky Skies. Welcome to Montucky Skies. I'm Biggs. I'm Brandon. And I'm Brent. So I invited Brent on because uh, he saw Suicide Squad, and I thought that this would be best served as a three-way, because I think we've all seen it, right? Yes, yeah. we have. Should we just throw out spoilers? And Yeah. Yeah, I'll just, I'll just give a time indication in the description if you want to skip past it, if you haven't seen it, but... Um, where should we start with this movie? There's a lot going on in this movie because Jared there's a Leto. lot of characters. We should, we should like that's the crowning fruit. There is the Joker. The Joker, yeah, yeah. I, All right, what what did you think about Jared Leto? How how does he stack up in the plethora of Jokers? I noticed you were giving uh, your niece <laughs> <some> shade. <laughs> yeah, Shannon, we've talked about many times in the podcast. You're giving her a little bit of shade about uh, Heath Ledger. Yeah, I uh, over it was Heath Ledger or Jared Leto. Like you're supposed to pick one. Yeah, and she picked Jared Leto, and I was just astounded. Wrong. I was like, really? <laughs> I even told her the same. You're wrong. <laughs> I posted a video about an hour ago on on that thread. Uh, it was of Mark Hamill talking about it, but I just said, Mark Hamill prefers Heath Ledger, and he should know because he's the best Joker. Yeah, exactly. No, I'm totally team Mark Hamill for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, me too. But if I have to go between that choice, I'm going Heath Ledger, dude. He's creepy as hell. Like, Jared Leto, here's the thing. He's fine. I just want to be clear on this. He's no, fine. He's not And bad. I agree he's with fine. you completely on that. Like, And I think the movie gave him a big disservice because they cut so much of his plot line out of the movie. Yeah, I mean, I'm fine with it for like a Suicide Squad movie, though. I felt like there was the right amount of Joker. And maybe if I see the deleted scenes, it'll I'll change my opinion on that. But I felt like it was the perfect amount. Like you had him in some backstory. And I him think it was the right early. amount, but I think it was the wrong content. Okay, that they left in. Yeah, um, because uh, there there was a lot of stuff, and I, I can't really pinpoint anything specifically. But there's a lot of context that just got lost in that movie. And like, what specifically bothered you? What's uh, a thing that bothered you? <sighs> The grill. <laughs> I couldn't get over his oh, fucking okay. grill. Well, like, that's, that's something I was going to bring up. Like, this isn't Jared Leto's fault, but we've hammered this many, many times over literally years now, I think. Because we got, it was like, was it like two years ago we got the first look at the Joker? Yeah. yeah. So and we've been criticizing this for a long time. My thoughts on that have not changed. Like, he just looks like he should be in a corn concert. No, he looks like he's a fucking juggalo. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was what you said to what, what was it specifically that you said to her? I, I don't know, thread? like he's just juggalo you like, joker. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you were like, you pick a juggalo over Heath Ledger. <laughs> that really made me laugh. <laughs> but it's it's kinda true. Like that it's I, I don't believe that you get the Joker still long enough to put in all those fillings and like 
no to uh do all those tattoos like this is not gonna happen and and it's distracting when you look at you it. know what bothered like it. me actually because you don't really see the tattoos like you don't see the damage on his forehead because he's usually too far away from the camera they don't have a lot of like upfront and close shots except for like the club scene what really bothered me about the joker is like his fucking gold chains and his giant gold watch and like the joker's not going to dress like that like he just doesn't care about big gold bling it's not part of his character like in any fashion like he might have a giant joke watch or something that like explodes (laughs) in someone's face chattery teeth yeah exactly but he's just describing tim burton's joker now (laughs) but that's any joker but he wouldn't have like a giant gold diamond timepiece on his wrist you know like yeah it's just not joker Agreed. I I thought uh, the wardrobe selection for that was horrible. The only one I liked was when he showed up at the end in the tuxedo. I was like, oh, okay. I believe that. He's here to save his love, whatever. He would totally dress up, do the nines. Yeah, he looked like he was dressed up for like a a Spando ballet video. (laughs) (laughs) But... uh, (laughs) Yeah. Who sounds the 90s? <laughs> oh, that's the 80s, my friend. That is firmly like mid 80s, I'm sure. Oh, I just guess I was thinking of all the infomercial TV things. So, that- if I heard the story correctly, that song is uh, the, when Spando Ballet wrote the lyrics to that song, it was right after Motown folded. So, that would be like the mid 80s. And uh, like it, it had moved to LA and then it folded after a couple of years. And so they wrote a song as like a love song. Like it's not actual a love song towards a person. It's a love song towards Motown, which oh. nobody knows. But, <laughs> I, but it's supposed to sound like I didn't Motown. even know the name of the artist. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, True is the song. Yeah. Right? But uh, yeah, I mean, like I always thought it was a love song about a, like a lady. And uh yeah, and I I never would have caught Motown's like sound from that. Like the singing, sure. Like that what the chorus was like <laughs> Like that you does sound Motownish. Much is but the true. rest of it doesn't sound like Motown at all and they were going for a Motown song, but that's what happens with artists like you go for one thing, you get something completely different, nobody gets a reference. <laughs> <laughs> it happens a lot. But uh, back to back to the Joker. So I felt like Jared Leto's performance was like, here's where I'll give it credit. He didn't do like a funny voice or something. Like, well, he did though. He, he changed, did a lot of growling and like he snarling. His voice a bit, but I didn't think it was like a weird voice. Like, no, it wasn't like a let's be honest. Voice, the, gold, but he was like, the gold standard now is like Jesse Eisenberg for me. Like that crazy voice does not belong in Lex Luthor's mouth. But I don't see a snarling, like, Joker. Like, when he's in the club scene and he's talking to the black dude, and he's like, oh, do you like my lady? Do you think she's... He did not sound like Jim Perry, dude. (laughs) No, he did. He sounds exactly like Ace Ventura. And, like, if anyone you're going to pull from, don't pull from Ace Ventura. Because he did that voice. I must have missed that. And I just don't see the Joker doing that and he never did a joke with a punchline in the yeah. whole time he was in the movie yeah but neither did heath ledger's joker no he did unless though. you count pushing somebody's head through yeah a pencil, but that's a, a joke line. it was a joke 
it yeah. is own it was sick a magic twisted trick, way. Technically, but yeah, <laughs> it was definitely a punchline. Yeah, there was a punchline there, and or when like he literally punched the dude's head through a pencil. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen that movie up to that scene probably more than any other movie ever. Because I used to watch Even it like more than like Star Wars. Yeah. Wow. Oh yeah. I there was a period of time when I was living in Dylan with my buddy, and we would turn it on every night, and we watch it to the magic trick scene and turn it off. I've probably seen it like five times. Oh man, I've seen that. I lo- like like I think it's great, but I oh, think yeah. I've only seen it like five times. It's not super rewatchable to me. Like there's parts that are definitely the rewatchable. Bank like, that's the bank job. The bank is job is totally re- rewatchable. Great. But that's what I mean. Like there's moments that are rewatchable, but a lot of the movie uh, drags. I mean, and there's filler when you're right talking there. like a lot of viewings. Yeah, I feel like I feel like after like two times, there's a lot of sections of that movie that drag for me. But if you're just watching sections, yeah, I could watch. I could watch that bank job. The bank job, the the scene where they're uh, doubling the other and with the semi truck and they're going through the overpasses and stuff. That scene's a lot of fun. Yeah. And he's Joker's driving around in the cop car. <laughs> the part where he's walking away from the hospital and he's like, hits <laughs> yeah. something on the remote, like, which I guess work? was like an improv because like they had the, the explosions rigged. And so he's walking off and it was supposed to have gone off. And so he was just like trying to not keep walking and lose his mark. So he did the thing just off the top of his head where he like hit the remote. <laughs> and then just coincidentally, the shit exploded at that moment. Like it's but just it was like, great. Yeah, that's like lightning in a bottle. Like they did not plan for that. They could not have planned for that considering that it was delayed like that. So that's like that's one of those things that's just like super awesome when you talk about that scene. But holy fuck, are we going off on tangents tonight? <laughs> which is normally fine, but we got to talk about this movie. So, Joker aside, what do you think about the rest of the cast? I like Deadshot a lot. Yeah. Will Smith's character, I thought he did a pretty good job of driving the movie because I think he gave the best character performance out of like out of the crew yeah I felt conflicted about it because it felt too much like he was a hero to me yeah which I, I got why they did it like i feel like they were like weaseling their way back to like there's somebody you gotta root for in this which if that's what they were doing i, I understand it but i did like the concept of villains and he was too much of a hero for me i didn't buy that when Enchantress was in their head or whatever and showed them like what they most wanted, that he wanted to kill Batman. He's like, no, I'm still pissed. Like, I'm still going to get Batman because he clowned me in front of my daughter. Oh, like, it was the thing he wanted the most? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I so I agree with that because I feel like his daughter, like I understand the re- wanting revenge, um, but I feel like he would want quiet moments with his daughter more than he would want Batman. Yeah. yeah. Like... You know what I mean? Like it just because seems because because they picture they sketch him out as like the hero who's going to be redeemed, right? Like yeah. that, that's yeah. basic. Like if he is an archetype, that's his archetype in that movie. Like he is he is the and, he is the person who will be redeemed as a hero. And so the redeemable hero doesn't have these revenge fantasies. I feel like yeah, that's the problem. Um, I mean that is a problem. 
This is why critics didn't like this movie. It's little moments like that. I'm just going to say straight up, like, I like this movie. Uh, I think you gave it three out of five stars. Yeah, I think so. I Using the five star, maybe three, maybe three and a half. But I enjoyed this movie. I liked it a lot more Uh, than Batman. Three is a fair. Yeah. Like, I didn't hate this movie, but it wasn't great. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Like it's I feel like it's totally rewatchable and only time will tell. But I do feel like this is one that like there could have been so not much really more dragging moments in this movie though. Like no. this whole movie is but just But it's like, really go, disjointed. Go, go. Like there the yes. the plot There's, is really all over the place. Yes, it is. And that's why critics don't like this movie, I feel like. Which is weird because well, I mean, I guess it's not weird. It's kind of pattern for David Ayers cuz it felt like end of watch like it just kind of goes and there's like yeah there's cool stuff and kind of build up action and yeah it just kind I of would, blah, and then there's nothing at the end and you're like oh okay <laughs> like why did we watch this yeah i thought the third act writing was just terrible <laughs> yeah or they edited it so terribly that it just like I feel like it's a fun popcorn movie. Yeah. If you're going like to if you're pull wa- going apart, there to just watch like I thought Diablo was fun just watching him yeah. blow stuff up. If you want to just like have popcorn and enjoy a movie, this is totally the movie for you. But if you want to like pull apart the plot, it dude, falls apart yeah, really it's, it's like, easy. You know what it's also like uh Batman um uh Dark Knight Return No. Dark Knight Rises. Yeah. It's just like Dark Knight Rises in a way. Like the third act has a lot of problems. Um, there's plot holes you could drive a truck through the entire thing. But it's like a fun movie. There's memorable characters but and memorable moments. Unlike that movie. Margot Robbie walking down the street. <laughs> there was like too many like ass shots of her walking down the street. No, there like, wasn't. Yeah, she's no, great in hot wasn't. pants. But like... So I'm not trying to be all zen with this, but like I feel exactly in the middle of you two on this. Like I love that stuff. Don't get me wrong. Oh I yeah. Loved it. But then I also like started thinking of like how much women were like digging Harley Quinn and stuff. And I was like, this is kind of like a shitty way to represent. Yeah. Her. Like, and I felt that way with the Arkham games. Like I love Harley Quinn and they just like so hyper sexualized yeah. during the game that it, it turned me off, but that's where I'm in between is because like she has a great body. <laughs> no, she can <laughs> like have the costume. Body. I don't even care about the costume. I just I like did care though. Like it bothered me. The daddy's little monster kind of bothered me, but like, it's just like the booty shorts through the whole thing, like bothered me also enjoyed it. Like it's <laughs> yeah, like, I, 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 I totally like, get I where you're coming from. Cause it. It, it made me feel very glad that I didn't take my my youngest stepdaughter and, and my daughter to the movie. Like I was saying from the very beginning, they're not going to this movie. Like it, there was a, a talk that would be R-rated for a long time, wound up being PG-13. But I'm just like, no, like I don't, what I don't need is my daughter like looking up to a live action villain. Like I, I don't need that, yeah. you know. Um, she See, has I like took- issues with Catwoman. <laughs> she tried to like climb out on a roof. Uh, about a like a year and a half ago, like she tried to climb out on a roof because she kept going through this phase where she's like, "I'm Catwoman all the time," and would like like take her nails and break them down people when she's fighting because <laughs> she's like that's what people. Catwoman would do. Yeah, and we had to like, you know, I kept telling her like, "This isn't real. This is fa-, like over and over again." So there's like no fucking way I'm letting her watch a movie with Harley Quinn. Not not this young. No way. 
So uh, I totally stand by my decision. That being said, like River's going to go and she'll enjoy it. And I'm not worried about yeah. that. But See, I took my, well, I took the whole family. So there was me and four females with me. <laughs> Did they all love Harley Quinn? Um, I don't know. See, it was it's it's weird for me because all all the girls in my house like totally love like the Harley Quinn of the trailer and like the cartoons you know, and the, everything. And my wife was see, really into Harley Quinn when she watched the movie, which I thought that was going to be a point of contention with the booty shorts. So many times, I was just like, "This is going to be a problem, dude." My wife never even like blinked. She just she enjoyed that she was a psychiatrist. Like, She's like, "I like how they wrote that for the movie." I'm like, "No." Nah, like she was always a psychiatrist and she's like oh really and yeah I was like yeah yeah for a long time but she really enjoyed harley quinn too so it says something that like there's a female protagonist on the screen though yeah like i don't know like deadshot was i if there's a main character in the movie it's probably deadshot but like harley quinn was the one everybody cared about so okay. yeah did you guys like rick flag i couldn't stand him like i I thought he was okay. I didn't. I didn't hate him. Didn't like him, or didn't love him. So I mean, he's pretty neutral. Yeah, he was neutral to me. But I do feel like the fact that you had that character, there was no need to make Deadshot the redeemable hero. Yeah, because you have that and and flag already. Yeah. So that I yeah that was one of my issues with the movie too. Is just like why do you have two of the same character on the screen? And you know, yeah. cause they said, cause they to need be more a, firepower, <laughs> more no, guns. And then just, Slipknot, like they introduce him and instantly kill him. Yeah. Like, I thought that gave was him, funny. gave him no backstory. You're like, yeah. Oh, this guy is dead meat. Yeah, oh, he's an Indian. Funny. Ooh, he's dead. He's dead. <laughs> I will stand up for that moment though, because it did like immediately put the stakes at like, Hey, you hey, can you watch gotta, any of these people go down. Right. I just maybe not, probably not Harley Quinn. Like you just know in your mind, yeah. but you're looking at everybody else and like, yeah, any of these people could really die. None of them are major characters, you know. Like, I did feel like it like immediately set the stakes higher than people would have been thinking otherwise. It, but I would have liked to see. I one thought more it kind of went invited, flat but. because. Yeah, his head explodes, but he's some random dude, and he just like, yeah. Yeah. hey, Indian guy, go up on the roof. Oh, okay, blah, splat. You're like, okay, oh, he's gone. so we really can't do that. <laughs> to be fair, it's like a two-hour, 15-minute movie, and there was like an hour of backstory. So, <laughs> And they still didn't really get to like half of the characters. No. <laughs> they very quickly touched and, over people, like Killer Croc. And Katana, they did such a shitty hack job on Katana. Because she yeah, shows like, up with Rick Flag, like, okay, it's And she's your like, bodyguard? sorry, I was busy. And then it's like, backstory, I was in Japan stabbing Yakuza in the rain. Oh, okay, that's why you're late. Sweet. Like, yeah. why were you doing that? <laughs> they like, did give her a little bit of exposition. But, yeah, it's like, I don't expect, I don't know. Like, I felt like the move more in this one was to, like, focus on two or three characters and have everybody else ancillary. And it felt like a weird half step towards that. Like they gave ev- most people like very quick backgrounds, which is fine. Yeah, but I I think it would have flowed better if you were like background for Deadshot, background for Harley Quinn, back 
background for like Amanda Waller for sure. Cause yeah. Make no mistake, she's she the biggest is, villain of the movie, and she, she hands down, she knocks it out of the park, dude. And I was That's really I was worried. Say, that about was the that. best performance in the movie. Yeah. I thought was Viola Davis just fucking yeah. nailed it. It's so good as 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 uh, Amanda, Amanda Waller. Waller and like this person who like you really want to think is like a good guy, like a good person at the start. And like, no, she's not at all. She totally works with Batman. We find out, but like, did you stay to the mid credit? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I had a weird like premonition that I should stay a little bit. And, uh, I, I, and I'm sitting there looking over at my wife and she's not getting up. I'm like, okay, I'll see how long I can get away with this. And then she started to fidget a little bit, and I flipped open my phone just to look like, is there something at the end of Suicide Squad? Because DC has never done it. Right. So I just assumed that there was Yeah, they just had the mid-credit. Yeah, and so like right when I flipped open my phone, flipped open, I didn't flip it open. I turned it on. I don't have a flip phone anymore. <laughs> swiped up. Yeah, once I, once I swiped up, uh, all of a sudden like they started the mid-credit sequence with Batman. So I was just like, oh, cool. And then, like, as soon as I was over, I'm like, well, let's go, because this isn't Marvel. There definitely won't be. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, and I I just assumed. Well, it's funny, because we were the first ones to our show, so I was just kind of sitting there um, waiting in line, and I was watching the, like, previous film go up, and you could see, like, part of the screen from where I was sitting, so I was like, oh, is there an end credit scene? Nope. (laughs) (laughs) Don't have to sit through that. Yeah. Um, DC is just like I don't know why they don't do it like it's not like Marvel owns those no they 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 were I used to always stay to the end of comedies because most comedies had them at the end still do like they usually have like a gag reel or something at the end like they'll do it during the credits and then a lot of them I'll have like one little thing I feel like since Ferris Bueller it like slowly caught on and then from like the 2000s on more comedies than not have like a joke at the end of the yeah the movie so so brent i gotta ask you um because i've been watching arrow oh really and i'm most of the way through season two okay so i went through do you like it do you like season two season two is it's so good it's so good it is really good if you don't watch any like watch season one because you can get to season two but they kill off all the bullshit and it's just like it's manu bennett is so good as dead or as uh deathstroke yeah it's just so how's season three it's bad. Now season four. It's w- really bad. <laughs> well, this is your future, Brandon. <laughs> well, because like season three is Rachel Ghoul, which is weird because like when they were filming it, they tweeted out like, "Ha ha, wouldn't it be sweet if Liam Neeson or Liam ne- uh, yeah, Nielsen I, was?" Yeah, we covered this. Yeah, yeah and then yeah. it's and not, totally, but it could be. He totally would have, but right. they didn't ask him. <laughs> and they had already casted somebody, yeah. and he was like, "Yeah, I'll totally do that." So, in season two, they actually have a Suicide Squad. Yeah, they do in line. season three too. All right, so, so I might actually stick on for season three. Yeah, that's actually like one of their things is they've had a Suicide Squad throwaway episode, like filler episode, both seasons, and they're great. Like, and which is weird because I wasn't really down with will smith is floyd lawton because like my floyd lawton is the arrow guy yeah and it's so much different like see mine's the comic book 
But the comic books I've read for him, he's never taken off the mask ever. So I've just been like, yeah, this is going to be, be a anyone, different take. Yeah. 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 And I did know he had a daughter and stuff, but I don't know him well. Like, he has shown up in so many video games and so many comics I've read, but he never does anything except for try to Try to people. shoot you, yeah. Yeah, like with the exception of one, I think with one of the ones Kevin Smith wrote, they had like a little thing where like he's with his daughter for like... You find out like, oh, that's Deadshot, which I don't know if they like revealed that in that issue or what, but like that's really the only thing I've ever seen. So I like I didn't like these characters in Suicide Squad, I'm not intrinsically familiar with most of them. Like I know yeah. Harley Quinn real well. I know Killer Croc pretty well. Yeah. Uh who had very little to do in the movie, but it's fine. You got like a billion characters. Captain Boomerang's totally different in the comics. Yeah. Like his I, big old flowing hair and like he looks like a prancing pedophile. Like. Brandon's <laughs> wife, I'm gonna assume, like posted a pic of you guys waiting in line at Suicide Squad. You're wearing like you look just like Captain Boomerang when he's sitting outside. That's like what's Captain Boomerang doing at the show? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, <laughs> what else? What else about the movie? Anything else that bothered you guys or that you liked? Um, I, I liked the Enchantress thing, although I just wished the Enchantress was like Joker stole her heart or something, and yeah, like was the bad guy that was kind of like running the show. That would be more interesting to me. I do got to say that they were very misleading with the advertising coming up to this because, like, you had the part in the trailer where you hear the Joker's laugh and Harley Quinn's like, "Uh uh-oh. Like, putting those together makes you think that they had a falling out. Yeah. And uh, apparently there's a scene where she's, like, arguing with the Joker on the street. Like, tons of people filmed it and, like, put it out on the net. And I never watched that, but I heard loads and loads about it, which never showed up in the movie. Um, And then in the poster, there's, like, or one of the posters anyway, like, they have the X over, like, the Joker, which makes it seem like he's the target. And I don't have a problem with what they did for the movie. I just wish they hadn't, like, done that misdirection of, like, the Joker is, like, the bad, bad Well, there was a lot of stuff in the trailers that didn't even show up in the movie. Like there was a yeah. one scene where that happens a lot, they're in though. the bar and Harley's like talking and he's like, what do you want? What do you oh, want? Oh yeah. yeah. With the, and with then uh, Diablo's Diablo. like water. And like, it's a good, that wasn't, that's a it. really good choice. Right. Yeah. It didn't even make the cut of the theatrical yeah. release. I, I don't, yeah. That doesn't even make me bad an eye though. They do that all the time because they don't know what, what's going to go into the final cut when they make, but those. I feel like the editing was atrocious in this movie. I feel like the the storyline got chopped so bad. Yeah, I don't know. It, I, it, it just felt really run, much, uneven to me. Like it was uneven, but it didn't bother me too much. You know what's like, interesting is like uh, Man of Steel got like universally panned because they destroyed Metropolis. In this, they destroyed Midway City, and no one bats an eyelash. Like no one gives a fuck that like. The whole then town was evacuated. <laughs> yeah, it was like, and I actually like Didn't had they to do the evacuation thing. Too, they did, though? but like yeah. this giant, it's like Ontario basically, or it's uh, Toronto, and it's like on or Michigan, I guess, and it's totally evacuated and on fire, and like no one gives a shit. Like, w- I, would you really miss Detroit? 
Would you? <laughs> it's funny. I, I think, actually. I think that the issue is that like they were just so callously letting innocent people die that it was just like, come on. Um, I think that's more the issue. So they've been finding these little ways around it. I mean, like in the Avengers. So like the second one, they like have a whole evacuation thing before. It, yeah. But then, then they even address it in Captain America 3 and make that the driving point, of it, which is really smart. Uh, DC, who's not as quick with the uptake, we're like, yeah, we'll just we'll just do what you did for Avengers too, and they just like that's what they're gonna do every time they destroy a city is they're just gonna evacuate it. Yeah, it's uh, uh yeah. I, I I didn't like that the military was there. Like, I figure if you're gonna make these villain team to throw them in there, why do you have like a SEAL team and like with them? You know, if they're such badasses, like why can't they just do it? Themselves? So they can turn because... into the bubble, bubble-headed zombies. <laughs> and, so you have somebody to shoot at that's worth a damn. And I'm also not sure that they were on board with, uh, with her team either, though. Well, no, but they were under direction of Flag. So I mean, he was controlling both operations. That is true. Yeah. But they just didn't need to be there. Like you know, the, the other time. like big plot hole that really bothered me was. They had this whole thing where the main target was to extract Amanda Weller. Like, it just seemed like... Yeah. I was like, why is she in a Skyrise building at Ground Zero in Midway City? Like, why isn't she in an Argus bunker somewhere, like, orchestrating? Yeah. It, it was just kind of like, this is really the driving plot here? Yeah, like... and For the okay. second act. And then when... They go to destroy it. They have to put a charge underneath him because only a bomb underground can kill this thing, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they yeah. got to, like, walk him to the right spot on the sidewalk to blow up the ground underneath. Like, it just, it was and really And when he could weak. just, like, destroy, like, buildings and everything around him just by, like, waving his arms. <laughs> So, like I said, if you're looking to pull apart the plot, <laughs> yeah, it falls apart. Really, the one thing I, um, I did, say, I did like Incubus, like just like can destroy everything, and just watching him like going through the subway, just like wreaking havoc. That was, was cool. a lot of fun. Yeah, I really liked the Flash cameo. Like, yeah, that was yeah. fun. That I, was fun. Just Captain Boomerang being shown up and know, I, arrested by the Flash was great. I also felt like the perfect amount of Batman in that. Yeah. Like, if yeah. you count the mid-credit sequence, we're talking, like, what, five minutes? Five minutes between Maybe. three scenes? Perfect. Perfect amount of Batman for this. Like, you see him take down two crooks, and then you see him, like, basically setting up the Justice League movie with Amanda Waller and, like, putting that connection between Amanda Waller and Bruce Wayne. I like that. I liked it a lot. Like, I like that she knows the secret, like, yeah. which wasn't like a huge thing, but it's like, it was pretty cool that it's like, all right, so this lady's got shit on him now. Yeah. <laughs> she knows everything. You I mean, don't want to have shit on you. You know, <laughs> they did like, did you ever watch justice league unlimited? Like mm-hmm. the cartoon it's okay, dude, seriously, pretty baller cartoon. I gotta <laughs> say like, that was like the one that, made me like not embarrassed to watch kids cartoons of superheroes I, I don't really anymore. like Justice League so but this is fucking badass because it's like it was the first one where they're just like we're just going to fucking throw every character at you 
like a couple an episode and like you're just gonna have to deal with the fact that like you're not even gonna see batman or superman or wonder woman this episode like the the first two seasons were just justice league and so it was always the same seven characters but you for sure we're gonna see superman batman wonder woman like you'd always see those three every episode this one was like you're gonna see three to five characters every episode and maybe every other episode you get batman or superman or wonder woman and that's it so you, they like explore the question or they explore like uh the beast or like like all the people and arrow pretty much like yeah. white canary and like just all like it's it's fucking badass but uh i forgot where i was going with that oh yeah they had this one episode with Amanda Waller. This was my introduction to her because I hadn't read any Suicide Squad comics at this point. And uh, so what you find out is that Batman Beyond, did you ever watch that show? Yeah, yeah. Okay. love it. So what you find out is that kid who's like being trained as Batman. So Amanda Waller like stole Bruce Wayne's DNA because he was too old to be Batman. And so she was like the world... Oh. Uh yeah, Brands hand me a beer. But uh he was getting too old to be Batman and she was like the world needs Batman, like it has to happen. So she stole some of his DNA and then she fucking like, you know, like set it up so he'd be born and then set it up so that his parents would get killed because she had to make sure that he went on the same path that Bruce Wayne went on. <laughs> you can only become Batman if your parents are killed. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean like but that is like the driving force of it, right? She's like he had he had the DNA but we had to make sure that That's he had That's the trick of the DNA is dead parents. <laughs> <laughs> but it makes sense if you think about it. If you're like biologically the same person, your experiences are going to shape you to be a different person if you have different experiences. So you put the same trauma at the same age, you know, like, and she did all these things to like put him on that path. So it's just like, like the kid who's like, that's the last episode of justice league unlimited. So the kid who's like in Batman beyond cause it takes place in the future. Mm -hmm. Like he finds out and just fucking loses his shit on her. But it's like awesome. Cause she's like this driving force, but over this whole season and so it's like to see that character up on the screen represented every bit as well as I've seen in the cartoons and see it in the comics. It was just like a joy for me. Like, yeah, that's what I was really excited too because the Amanda Waller in Arrow is just a fucking stone cold bitch. Like, she is brutal. Just absolutely. She's like, I don't give a fuck. I'll like put a drone strike on a house party with like billionaires. Like, I don't care who dies. Like, but the secret, <laughs> she is the just stone her, cold. The secret with her is that like she is like the worst of the worst in a way, and like the measures she'll go to, but she is for the greater good. Yeah. Right. Oh yeah. National security. No, is she's like her main. Priority. Well, yeah. I'm gonna kill this house full of billionaires, but they're all pretty fucked up. Yeah. Like they're like <laughs> selling kids into slavery to make billions of dollars. Yeah. It's, like. Yeah, there's a bunch of people are going to die, but you know, this drug that they're making in the basement doesn't need to get out. <laughs> yeah, and that's the secret of Amanda Waller. Is like you have to get that that 
perfect. She's never going to be a good guy. She doesn't pretend to be a good guy, but she is a force for good through very evil shit. <laughs> like it's it's like you have to get that balancing of the character right, and they fucking nailed it. Yeah, <sighs> she was really good, and she was really good in Arrow too. Like that, her, uh, I guess what do they call the Argus? No, the the TV universe. I oh, guess. the Arrowverse, Berlanti, the Berlantiverse. <laughs> um, I'm really excited that next season, uh, because Flash fucked up the timeline. Where he they're gonna have mom. Legion of Doom. Spoilers. What? You haven't finished the Flash yet. They're gonna have Legion of Doom. We just we just watched episode 13 last oh. night. Oh, well, you got about 10 episodes to yeah, go. Yeah, I know. It's all good then. I've told. I've maintained this from the beginning. I'm pacing it so that, like, right when I finish season two, season one starts, or season three starts. Like, I, as long as I get done with them by that point, I'm fine. The best thing is, is if you're caught up, watching the shows in order as they come out on TV is great. Yeah. Because, like, the what happens in one show affects the other shows in chronological order. Yeah, but I can't, I can't like, my daughter wants to watch them all, but she cannot even sit through an entire episode. Like, no. she gets through, like, 45 minutes and she gets too antsy. Too much CW bullshit. Yeah. That is a, my one criticism of The Flash is that, like... Yeah, you've you and get it's, like it is CW for, light for, for that. Yeah, for forty arrow minutes. is like twice as much of the CW bullshit. Ugh, it yeah. is, yeah, <laughs> because it's because it's Laurel. Like Laurel oh, is the God. worst character. You know, they're most of Katie the fe- most of the great. F- most of the females characters on that are pretty terrible. I love Sarah. Yeah, I love I'm gonna Sarah. Sarah. Wasn't bad. Uh, Laurel's bad. Laurel, I, his awful. her sister is terrible <laughs> i'm gonna be honest and like in the flash you it's like sort of the same like in a way the women are just there to like serve as like love story fodder right felicity is awesome like, uh, like his sister is there to like be this like will they or won't they kind of thing yeah and then like the other girl is there so that she has somebody to pine over who just constantly gets fucked over or by is something with powers evil or is like right i, I, I just, like any other woman who's on there is like dating somebody on the show yeah and will only be on the show as long as it takes but to, like, i like to see up. cisco get a little bit of love like Cisco deserves like some ladies once in the, a while, the, and the superhero ladies are like fine. I have no problem. The with hot that. girl, hot girl's fine. Like <laughs> that's not what I bet. <laughs> Character wise, they're fine. It's just, it's just. Uh, I like. I don't need women characters brought in just so that they can have love scenes. That like. But Aaron they also Donaldson, kick ass. Aaron Donaldson mm. is fucking with my head, and he's not even meaning to, especially like <laughs> editing and hearing him two or three times. I just like I think about the inherent sexism and <sighs> in a lot of this stuff, and it bothers me. Like, can't we have women characters that just never hook up with anybody, or like where their whole purpose isn't to fucking hook up with somebody? Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, you have male characters who never fucking hook up with anybody. Like uh, Flash's dad, I can't remember his name. Like Law and Old Order Flash. guy. Yeah, he doesn't. He does Well, it's because his wife is dead. <laughs> his wife, well, his, okay, his wife is dead, but like, and we he's never, been in prison. Like, he can't. He can't get down when you're in prison for twenty years. I'm so. just saying, like, we never have like love plot lines with them. Like, it's like 
if you can have male characters and not have them go through the love cycle, you should be able to do that with female characters. You don't just throw them in because like, oh, we need to have them date somebody. <laughs> so we need to introduce a female. You know what pisses me off about the Flash is the Flash makes me cry. Like there's been more than like three or so the Kevin times. Smith episode, and I'm just we'll like, fuck you, Flash. Bring I a fucking tear hate to your you. eye. Like the wedding scene where like uh, at the end of season one where Ronnie comes back and then they get married and the, or maybe that's season two. I don't know where Caitlin and yeah, Ronnie no, like get married. Yeah, it's the end of season one. Yeah. yeah. Like the music in that crowded house just like just hits the right feels, you know. You're like, God damn it. The, like when the episode where he like goes where he's back in time and he gets uh the one guy to like record something for uh, Yeah, for like that one's terrible. Or like, like just the onions. one where like <laughs> the the mom is like a crack addict and she comes back to town and then she's you know the daughter tells her that she doesn't want her anymore in her life. And it's like, ah, oh, ah, oh, damn it. Or like when you find out that Joe has a son and it's going to like break his heart. You're like, ah, oh, fuck you, Flash. Like, he's going to be the Flash someday. He is. Well, he's going to be Kid Flash. Oh, is that what In next oh. season. All right. So have you seen the promo for season three of Flash yet? No, I haven't. I just knew like Wally West is going to be. Like, that's, well, he's in it. That's yeah. the thing I have about this is like, I don't know every character, but I know the major ones for the DCU. Mm-hmm. And so it's like when they introduce them, I'm like, oh, that's going to be Hawk Girl. Oh, you feel repulsed by Hawk Man? It's too bad because you're going to be Hawk Girl. Right. And you're going to like, you guys have to have an affair that I hated Hawk Man and the Arrowverse. I he felt just right in the one episode I watched him with. He only makes it about one episode <laughs> of Legends of Tomorrow. He doesn't last very long. Oh, really? He dies. Pretty- yeah, like That's right perfect. away. That's exactly. But what I was like, sweet, because he's a fucking asshole. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think about Legends of Tomorrow? I, I'm I like it. I watched two episodes. And I was like, I really like this. I need to finish the Flash before I watch more. It's. It's um, like um so I'm going to go back like Star to Star Trek but it's you know So it's, it's like sci-fi heavy? Well yeah cuz they're time traveling. Right. But it's like a lot of period pieces. It's a perfect villain to throw him against. Is he like the the villain Vandal they have Savage. all the time or yeah. Uh well in season or is it like, 1 yeah, season okay. 2 so is it's like have... a, every season is a different right. villain. Okay. Well no season 2 of Legends of uh is going to be um Raja Ghoul. No, 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 no. It's going to be... Um, <laughs> they could. It's time traveling, uh, baby. <laughs> Neil McDonough, who is the bad guy in season four. He's... Uh, of what, Arrow? Damien Dark. Yeah, of Arrow. He is going to be the head of the Legion of Doom. Yeah, And the Legion of, of Doom. Doom is going to pull all of their villains from all the shows together because the Flash reversed the timeline. Dude, I have to put this to you. Have you ever... Um, God, what the fuck is the Super podcast? Friends? No. <laughs> Meanwhile, but it, but it, 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 it relates of to doom. that. It relates to that. Uh, have you ever heard the Super Ego podcast? Mm-hmm. Okay, so I implore you to go through and download the free episodes of that podcast. It's hilarious. Like Paul F. Tompkins is in it. There's a couple comedians you won't know who's in it, and then uh, the guy who does Drunk History, Matt Gorley, is in it. But they have a recurring thing where they do like meetings at the Legion, of Doom, <laughs> and it's so funny. Like, like Paul F. Tompkins does like a spot on Lex Luthor, like '70s Superman Lex Luthor, 
And uh, it's just funny. They bring in like all these crazy like villains you would never even like know about, like think of. And then they like they have they have one sketch where they do like GI Joe, where they're like all calling out their name, like Yo Joe. It's hilarious, dude. They just like pull everything from like early '80s, like late '70s pop culture. It's fun. They have a whole sketch with uh, Zod. Where he's like trying to sell things. I don't know. It's it's fun. But anyway. Um got off a of track there. I uh, derailed the train. It's all right. Um Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> See, I killed it. Just killed it. What about Luke Cage? Have you seen the new trailer for that? Yeah, Doing it was a awesome. Bit of Marvel. I like was, the new one that dropped today. Yeah, I saw it like yeah. a minute after it was released. It like nice. popped up on Facebook when I was leaving to work and I was like I gotta watch this shit. <laughs> like, <laughs> I gotta watch this. Dude, the new trailer. I showed you the old trailer last week, right? No. I think I did. Like, right before we went Where to record the one. Where he has, like, the, one- the car door and he wraps around no. the dude. He kicks the wall down. We, you talked about it, but I, oh, I swear we watched dude, it. Dude, you right are just missing out. Like, right before we recorded. Well, have you seen, you've seen was, Jessica Jones and Daredevil, no, right? No, he hasn't. <sighs> He's seen some Daredevil, I think, right? Yeah, about four episodes in the Daredevil second season. Yeah, so uh, Jessica Jones, <laughs> Jessica right Jones, right where uh, uh, what's her name shows up, Electra. Yeah, yeah, Kate Moss. <laughs> Car- Carrie Moss is like Carrie Moss. Yeah, she's in the last episode, but um, she, yeah, Jessica Jones is like better than Jessica Daredevil. Is I think way better. Yeah, yeah. It's, I couldn't get into that show. How many episodes did you get in? Two or three. Just. It's a drudge. Like it's it's emotionally intense seeing someone it's go so through. It's so dark and usually because nobody else wants to watch that. So I'm like one o'clock in the morning on Saturday night when watching Netflix, and so it's like really hard to like get into that. I don't know. My dude. roommate I and I, so we were like more than Daredevil. I, like, I did too, but it is intense. Like it. it's not Daredevil's fun. Daredevil's like fuck yeah, like. He's going to yeah, beat that shit out of everyone. So there's a lot what's of like, not in Jessica Jones that is in Daredevil is like Foggy bitching at Matt for like half the oh, episode. Fog, yeah. I love Foggy in season one. and season two, he's just... You're, so you're with me. Like, yeah. It's oh, I am totally Zach, with don't you. Take it, don't take it personally. The actor's fine. He's just fine. But those plot lines have got to go with like just having him fucking having diarrhea the nag with matt and obviously matt's fucking up i get it but like it is so fucking tedious watching them like squabble like i don't know so speaking of daredevil i just finished reading uh frank miller's daredevil born again today yeah it's good huh it's really good i just that was one of the things i looted from hastings actually (laughs) (laughs) uh yeah i just i just read that Fucking like a month ago. Yeah. Like I'd never read that particular I story. I've no. read I'd read some Frank Miller Daredevil. Which is interesting. But. You know the dude in um Jessica Jones who's the boyfriend outside the door of Trish? They have the weird door relationship. Uh-huh. He's Nuke who points paints the American flag on his oh, face. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, they say he's Nuke like, at one point. He's got the pills, the crazy yeah, pills. I didn't yeah, even Yeah, because when I was like reading Born Again, I'm like because I'd heard Kevin Smith talking about yeah, it. That's why I actually bought it. Yeah. I saw him tweet a picture that's with him so and funny Charlie Cook. Well, you know? he was talk when he was reviewing Jessica Jones and they were talking about Nuke, 
then he mentioned at some point like the the Frank Miller Born Again and I'm always looking for old stuff that I haven't read that's classic and so like older people who are into comics like mm-hmm. I listen to them because it's like okay this is the stuff that was important then so I should check that out so yeah I read that's why I read Born Again was hearing Kevin Smith talking yeah, that's about why I read it too yeah but it's it's very small part in that but uh, just one book or yeah. one like no comic. the main thing is that like. Should I tell you this, Brandon? You'll probably never read it anyway. No. They'll, I'm guessing they'll do some version of this in the show at some point. But uh, um, Karen, like, eventually she winds up being, like, a porn star. A porn star and, and junkie. Just, yeah, just total junkie. Like, uh, typical Frank Miller. Just fucking denigrate right. the woman. Like, and worse, it was the 80s. Was... And if she's not denigrated, then you make sure she dies. <laughs> <laughs> Is a love interest of the character. But, uh... She winds up in Mexico and for like a hit of smack, she sells Matt Murdock's identity to somebody. Damn. Like Daredevil. Right. And like so one like, hit of smack. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> literally one hit of smack because she, she's so strung out. And uh, it eventually goes back up to the kingpin. So he's just slowly like fucking with Matt Murdock. Yeah. To like test it out and see if it's really him. And like eventually gets him homeless and shit. And like makes disbarred his life, from, yep, doesn't have a law. job, can't like can't have an apartment. Eventually, is like homeless. Has the IRS freezes assets while he's being audited, and like, oh man, yeah, it's, damn, it's that's just so cold, horrible, dude. Like stuff he could never do, like when he's a what a um as a superhero. I mean, just as like a human being, just completely destroys him and then goes to kill him. And eventually she like finds her way back to Matt and tells him, but and he overplays his hand with nuke. Yeah. Which, but it's weird. Cause I was like that, like the character that just has the door relationship is the crazy fucker who like paints the American flag on his face while like popping meth. Like, yeah, I mean that's, but that's what they do on that show is they take the shit that doesn't work in the comics and yeah. they tone it or that works in the comics, but won't work in live action. Right. They tone it way the fuck down. Like they've been really clever about that in the Netflix shows, like knowing what to play from the comics and what to hold or what to change. Like they're really good about that. So also I bought season one of daredevil, um, the comic yeah and how's that i haven't read that it's good it was it, it is was that, fine. So is that like a retelling of his first year or? basically kind of yeah just you know I read how some he, season one spider-man yeah and which is interesting the why i bring it up though is there's this encounter because everyone keeps comparing him to spider-man and he's just like god damn it i'm not spider-man i don't make jokes i'm matt murdoch i'm solid <laughs> and conflicted but yeah. uh, he ends and up. He just keeps getting girls. Yeah. <laughs> he never settles down. <laughs> um, but he fights the purple man. Yeah. And he just like puts a flag around him and he's like, he can't def- hurt me. He's covered in flags. Like, and he just beats him. But it's interesting seeing the purple man just get taken down. So I easily. read the actual Jessica Jones comics. Do you have after it? After I watched the show. I thought about buying it. It's like 120 bucks. Yeah, we'll we'll talk about it off air. But um, yeah, the comics are really really interesting. They're really good. They're not like the show. Like there's elements of it, but like the Purple Man, for example, it's literally one issue. It's like a thing that maybe two issues, but it's like a thing that haunts her. But she never gets into the specifics as why she stopped being a. Because in the comics, she was a superhero called Jewel, and then. 
she just quits it altogether and becomes a private eye. And then like, she won't talk about it or investigate it or anything, but it seems like some of the Avengers kind of know what's happening. And so they didn't go into the rape thing. Like that was totally for the show. They just mm-hmm. like went into like, well, what would make this villain like fucking heinous? And they hit it because in the comics, it's that he like basically had her as a slave for a while like maybe a muscle. They do, maybe they do cover it a little bit, but they don't really get into that area. Right. But basically, when he's done with her, he like tells her to go to the Avengers Mansion and like that they're evil or something, and to like beat him up. And so she goes, and uh, they just fucking like destroy her, and she winds up in a hospital, and they find out she's mind controlled like way later, and that's <laughs> what stops her from being Ooh, a superhero. Uh... But they have a lot of like issues that didn't like, and it's like. It's like maybe twenty issues or something all together. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's definitely a. They just announced run. that they're gonna do a season, like a second run of it, like new ep- issues of Jessica Jones. It's pretty good. Like I recommend reading. It's a lot of fun. It definitely like is a comic book that can like make right observations about other comic books, but not be hammy like Deadpool. Which love the movie, don't get me or wrong. Or Squirrel Girl. But Dead <laughs> Deadpool comics are like the hammiest thing ever. Like it's just so so like Mad Magazine. I don't know. <laughs> like, is that a fair comparison? Deadpool's yeah. kinda like Mad, Mad Magazine. Magazine. Yeah. That's another one I bought is Deadpool uh Origins. How was that? I haven't read it yet. I just picked it up though from Hastings, so excited to check out some Deadpool. Yeah. You read any comics, Brandon, lately? No. No. Just watching the, sh- the movies. <laughs> yeah. So did you uh, finish your milkshake? Finish my milk. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I did. Stranger I did Things. Stranger Days, yeah. Yeah, did you? Yes. Uh, have you seen Stranger Days, Brent? Stranger I've Things. Seen the, um, I've seen up to the intro credits of the first episode. Do you like Steven Spielberg movies yeah. from the 80s? No, I liked everything I saw. You, I just haven't seen it. Yeah, I, I was going to say, like, like, this is for you. 10 minutes. Did you have Yo. any profound thoughts without spoiling anything for Brent? <laughs> They're uh, definitely doing I'll, a season I'll do two. A, uh, I actually put together a list of uh, references that come or stuff that they pull in that show. The thing multiple times. There's like a poster in the background. There's a poster the Goonies, and they're watching. Stand by me. And yeah, and the, the the teacher's watching it, talking about how they did that yeah. one effect with bubble gum. All right. So here's a list I uh, came or put up with. Uh, did stuff. you notice this yourself, or was this like off the internet? Uh, I pulled some stuff of my own, plus stuff off the internet. Okay. Those are the best kinds of lists. Yeah. Um, Alien. Okay, what was that? Um, where they're exploring the nowhere space in the uh, the hazmat suits. Yeah, yeah, that is totally like Alien. Good call. Um, Carrie. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Firestarter. If you don't have Firestarter, yeah, like it is so that eleven character might as well be the girl on Firestarter. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Yep, definitely. Uh, Spielberg joint. Empire Strikes Back, where she's pulling the little Yoda thing, like floating the Millennium Falcon. Oh, yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. I and they have that. a lot of uh, empire references in that. And another way it's a lot like a Spielberg movie is like they're showing her their toys. Like this is something that I clued into because Aaron Donaldson talking about it on the ET episode of the Alien Movie Project. Um, they like to go through their toys and show off their toys, but of course their toys are like stuff like Star stuff Wars or toys. from like their his other best friend George properties. Lucas. Well, it's it's not Steven Spielberg's property per se, but it's his best friend George Lucas. Yeah. But to be fair, you're a kid in the '80s. You have a buttload of Star Wars toys. Like, if you're a boy in the '80s, what else are you fucking collecting? Star Wars is like number one on the list. Yeah, Transformers and GI Joes are like number two. So, and you said the next one, uh, ET. Yeah. Lots of ET ref, lots yeah. of bike riding in the dark with like little yeah. lights. Yeah, well, there That's was total Spielberg. There trope. was a scene I actually saw something side by side. Um, the scene where they're being chased by the vans and the one flips over is almost seen, but like shot for shot remake from ET. Yeah, I could see that. Definitely. Um, Evil Dead. There was an Evil Dead reference. Mm, you're gonna have to Jonathan has an Evil Dead poster on his wall that's right (laughs) that's right I forgot which totally would not that's not never gonna happen no because that movie that movie just didn't exist like for the most like it it existed but but you you couldn't get to it and it was like rated X yeah at the time like there's no way you're getting your hands on a poster that if you're just like a regular old kid like you would have to be like a film junkie with like the weird catalogs. I don't know. There's no way you're getting that poster on your bedroom as a kid. Yeah. Uh, I like the reference though. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Uh, Firestarter we mentioned. Uh, Goonies. There is a lot of scenes that were just where they're sitting around talking and it just kind of like had a real. And there was one scene I can't. I'm trying to think outside the girl with the glasses and the blonde hair looked like the she did look like that girl in the Goonies. Yeah, that's actually what I've seen online. So I saw like still by still shot. The one who's like chewing gum and gives it to the other boy. I I don't know. I haven't seen it. You haven't seen the Goonies? Well, I've seen the Goonies. Yeah, yeah. that's what I'm talking about. Right? Yeah, she looks like that girl. Martha Plunkett. exactly. Yeah. yeah. I was just yes ending what you were saying, and I was like, wait, you know the girl from the Goonies, but you've never seen the Goonies? Weird. Um, there was a kind of, uh, the next one is Jaws, mm-hmm. where she was talking about the predator smelling blood. It's actually a line they pulled from Jaws. Okay. Um, Minority Report. Where they make the deprivation chamber, and she lies down. It's very similar to the, okay yeah did you know that was supposed to be a sequel to total recall i did know that that's so weird it's so weird <laughs> that they're just like oh by the way i'm gonna tease maybe not next week uh next week i don't know what we're doing for a show it may or may not be out on time but there will be a bigs on film next week because we're gonna do raiders of the lost ark me and brandon are uh do you want to sit in on that brent you want to talk about raiders for two hours do a commentary on Raiders of the Lost Ark. Not really. Okay. That <laughs> was weird. Is so my interaction with Indiana Jones was that I was kind of introduced to it on the third movie, and so that's always been my favorite. Like, yeah. I don't have 
Well, I don't mind the first one. Like, I like it, but I just... That's fine. Raiders just isn't my bag. It, it's all about the third movie for me. Yeah, I've had different times where different ones of those... Of the Indiana Jones trilogy were my favorites. Like, there's a while where Last Crusade was probably my favorite, too. Uh it's got the most quotable lines, and they're all Sean Connery's. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> for sure. But we also have a script for Raiders that Brandon's going to like bring bring a bunch of stuff to light for us, too. Yeah. He already told us in a previous episode of Skies that they like wrote a scene in it that they wound up using in Temple of Doom, like the whole opening scene. There's a third of the original script for... Um Raiders. Raiders ended up being Temple of Doom. Hmm. So these are the kinds of things we're interested in. I also have an an entire article that's like pulled from the Lucas archives that's talking about uh, script meetings and it's like literally like conversations that they had that I'm going to go through too. So we're going to be fucking well read for this commentary. You're going to have to check it out. Anyway. So the next one I wanted to actually like elaborate on a little bit is... uh, a Nightmare on Elm Street. Okay. There was a lot in this show that came from A Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. First. The, the bending of the wall. Yeah. Stuff like that. That was definitely like out of like Johnny Depp's scene. And I <laughs> felt like, well, the one thing that like really like showed me, like got me on was when the, the basically the main character's sister is Nancy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the same name is in yeah. Nightmare on yeah, Elm the Street. Man, the main girl who, she's in the first one and then thinks she comes she's back in the, in third, the one. third one. She's in the mental hospital with the weird kids with special powers. Yeah, and then he kills her like before the end of that one. Doesn't she have a child who gets something? I don't know. Dude, it's been so long. I'm like not seven. sure anymore. Yeah. <laughs> But I know she comes back, like the actress comes back for, what's part seven? Like the, the, the new, new nightmare, nightmare yeah. which was really clever at the time. People will probably look at that now and not think it's clever, but like all that meta shit, that was it the was first movie meta. I remember to be that meta, you know? Yeah. Like that was a precursor to Scream because like that was super meta with like horror movies and it was Wes Craven, and I think that that got the juices flowing with that where he liked that enough to where he thought of Scream. I'd be willing to bet. Yeah. Because I think that was right before Scream. So, anyway. Um, there was a couple of other things I noticed. Um, she in First of all, I think the character Nancy in Stranger Things looks a lot like Nancy in yeah, uh, I could see that the the way she's got like the curly like hair, the curly the hair, and then one like, the eye the, shadow. One like. of the scenes where, she, um, toward the end of the series, where they're in her bedroom, she looks almost identical to her, to uh, Nancy in the Nightmare on Elm Street. That one kid that they made piss himself. Like, right out of a Stephen King movie. Yeah. Like, right out. Whenever they have the bullet. Like, every Stephen King book. And so, basically, by extension, most Stephen King movies has the bully who's just, unnes- like, one-dimensional and unnecessarily a bully and then gets his come up. It's Like, always. Because Stephen King was picked on a lot as a kid. And so, he always has that character. But, anyway. Um, And then, there was... 
in her bedroom, there was a coat rack, and on the top of the coat rack, there was a brown fedora. Ah. <laughs> yeah, this, it's clever, like, all this shit. Um, that, like, so that. I thought that was really interesting. And then they had the whole thing where they were going into the upside down to bring the monster out. Which is totally yeah, what Nightmare they do in Nightmare Street. on Elm Street. Yeah, that's a good call. I never would have thought about that stuff, but um, and so, they may or may not have done it on purpose. But you gotta assume they do all this shit on purpose, the way that that show is constructed. Yeah, it's such a love letter to like the '80s. You know I the don't know. um, Poltergeist mm-hmm. was another movie where they're talking to the person in another space. Like in Poltergeist, they're talking through the TV to yeah. the, or the girl and who's trapped in the other. Is it realm. Carrie Ann? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were we're actually gonna watch that the next night. Rivers actually spending the night with us. She's been hanging out at her friend's house a lot. But uh, yeah, we were gonna watch the old Poltergeist because I guess the new Poltergeist is like a steaming pile of shit. I've heard. I've heard. Yeah. I, I just don't like I don't feel like going down that rabbit hole because I saw the old poltergeist a couple of years ago and it still works. And so for me with like a horror movie is like if it still works, there's no point. Plus it's got a coach. It. Yeah, Craig T. <laughs> Nelson. Hell yeah. And the old lady. The little tiny lady. Yeah. They're here. This house is clear. <laughs> that that old woman is just terrifying on screen. She's in a lot of shit in the eighties too. She has. Like I think a the lot last time I seen her was in uh, Poltergeist Three. No, she died. <laughs> no, she was She's in, still alive. I thought she died. She, I thought she was one of the ones that died of like cancer or something. After she does. She was in that uh, NPR show, like Southland something. Tales, not too long ago. Really? Yeah, she's one of the crazy family. Like extended family. Hmm. I must have got that mistaken. No, I'm th- no, I'm totally thinking the wrong lady. I'm thinking of the old lady in kindergarten cop who's totally oh, not the yeah, same that's, lady. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Uh, that's a whole different right, lady. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and she's got sort of a German accent. Yeah, kind I mean, of. in kindergarten cop, I don't know if she does right. regularly. And she has like her hair up in a bun, kind of. And yeah, she's like the principal. Yeah. Yeah, I know you're talking. You know, old like creepy old lady I really liked is like she was in the Goonies and she was in like uh, throw them off. Oh the yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You my... don't have a cousin, Patty. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I I think I may have said it on the podcast before, but my grandma Mitten knew her. Like she was friends with her, and oh, so really? she was like the nicest lady ever. <laughs> but like that's a classic example of just like stay in your lane, like. Doesn't matter if she's nice or has a range as an actress. She knew like she was fucking knocking it out of the park as like just a miserable she's, old lady. So. She had what three big roles? She was in the Goonies, Throw Mom from the Train, and uh, one of the lethal or not lethal weapon, uh, the Leslie Nielsen joint, um, Naked Wep- Gun, Naked Gun movie. Yeah, I, don't I think she was in from that because but... she was with. Uh, was it 33 and a third? Yeah, I think so. That's why, because I only saw it in the theater. And then actually it was on TV the other day. And I watched like 15 minutes of it. And me and the kids were laughing. And then OJ Simpson came on the screen. I'm like, fuck, I just can't do it. 
Like he came walking <laughs> through the door with his like literally like eight foot diameter afro because that was the joke. <laughs> and uh, and then I was just like, I looked at my wife and I'm like, are we allowed to laugh at OJ Simpson if it's like before he murdered people? And she goes, I think so. And I looked at it for three more seconds. I was like, this doesn't feel right. And I like flipped it off. <laughs> can't can't do it. I don't know if he if he died or something. I might be able to watch those, but it's just it's. It's like it's like I couldn't listen to Michael Jackson for a long time, and then he died, and it was like, oh, it's okay now. Like he probably touched children, but you know he's not profiting from this anymore. <laughs> That's what gave him magic powers, actually. <laughs> <laughs> That's what made him a moonwalker. <laughs> that would be an interesting but horrifying sci-fi like tale. Just like somebody touches children and becomes a moonwalker and can float on the air. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey Hollywood, never make this movie. <laughs> All right, got a. Uh, let's see, Predator. The oh, you're the still monster. doing yeah. this? I'm still okay. going down this list. Here. Okay, Predator. Get to the chopper. Wow, mm-hmm. the monster has the same. They borrowed a lot of the uh, sounds of the monster from Predator. Okay, the clicks and stuff. Um. Scanners. Somebody's head explodes. Well, she. Well, she. Literally, the only thing yeah, I can remember from. Scanners. That's actually the one thing that they <laughs> borrowed from Scanner. Yeah. Um. Stand by me. Where they're walking down. There's the four of them walking down the Train railroad trains. tracks. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> Which again is another Stephen King thing. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it is. Um, has a bully in it. They live. This one was kind of a stretch. Was they live where the the fight scene between the the boyfriend yeah, yeah. and the other kid. The fight scene. That's all you have to say, dude. It's like seven minutes long. <laughs> it's epic as hell. Have you seen They Live, dude? You I think you'd enjoy it. It's it. fun. It's fun. It's it's got. And Roddy Roud Piper is like the main character in it, and he has this like seven minute fight scene with like Keith David. I might have seen it, but it's he's been trying to get him to put on these sunglasses. Like make aliens, like you can see aliens appearing. And you so can you see like, through propaganda. Yeah, like they'll look at a billboard, and when he's wearing the sunglasses, like it'll be like a Pepsi ad, and then when he's wearing the sunglasses, you can see it says "Obey," and it's like how they keep humans in line. And uh, it's like really like a, a bash against like Reaganomics, like at the time. But yeah, they have like he's trying to get these glasses onto Keith David, and Keith David will not put it on because like Rowdy Rod Piper is running from the police. And basically, the conceit of the whole thing is like, you're crazy. I don't want to put on your glasses. And eventually, it's like, I don't want to be crazy too. I don't want to wear those glasses. And so they're just beating the shit out of each other like <laughs> bouncing each other off of curbs and stuff and every time you think it's gonna be over because it's like five and a half minutes of a fight scene all of a sudden one of them comes back up and just smacks the other one across <laughs> the jaw and stuff and like the wettest smacks like somebody's like throwing a carcass over like a steel like table or something <laughs> and uh it's amazing dude. <laughs> such a good movie john carpenter movie um, let's see. 
The thing we already mentioned. Yeah. And the last one that was uh, Under the Skin. Where they go into... Under the Skin, like the Scarlett Johansson movie? Where the scenes where the uh, 11's in the Upside Down, where she's walking through the... uh, the just the dark scene with yeah. the water. I do gotta say though, like that was a trope before that movie yeah. though. Um, this is just one I pulled. It's from the just internet. the most particularly creepy and under the skin. Like I think they do it the best. Yeah. Because it's just the music and everything is so fucking creepy in that movie. Uh but that was definitely like a thing in the eighties, yeah. I would say. Like at least as far as the eighties. Uh, have, have you seen Under the Skin? Mm-mm, I've never heard Dude, of it. Dude, it's fucking bizarre, man. Uh, I listened to uh, the Alien Movie Project talk. I haven't actually seen the movie. Yeah, me and Zach had a good laugh about it. I think it was on one of the episodes. It was like right after it, it came out. Because like, so the big new, like, so he saw a bunch of frat people coming into the Loy when he brought it into the Loy. <laughs> and we both just started laughing. Because I knew it was like a weird art movie at the time. And I did see it. As soon as it came out on video, I saw it. Uh, like, But everybody knew Scarlett Johansson was like naked in it. And like for extended periods of time. And so like all these oh, frat guys were like going to see the movie. And like just walking out like dazed. <laughs> <laughs> just fucking dazed at like the weird fucking really good movie. I mean like. It's fucking bizarre, but it's really, really good. It's like frightening, and the, like it's, it's one of the only movies I've seen where like you you sit there and watch the main character, and she's like preying on people, and she's just like evil, in a way because she's just like using people for their skin and stuff, and then by the end you totally, like feel horrible for her she gets like brutally murdered and it's just like it fucking kills your soul watching it and you feel awful about it and it's so weird the way they do the turn and i don't know exactly where it happens but you go from like fearing her to like empathizing with her it's a bizarre movie man it's really Hmm. weird but it's totally worth watching um you're not gonna get like a typical narrative in this movie it's more um you just have to like pull emotions and like things from scenes and stuff in it. But the visuals are crazy. And the music is fucking next level crazy too. Did you ever see any of the seasons of uh, uh, American Horror Story? Yeah, bits and pieces. Did you see the carnival season at all? No. Okay. They like, they like, so that show just fucking takes their music from everybody else. Like they don't. With the exception of the theme song, they don't like make any music for that show. They just farm it from other places. So the whole carnival season, they took music from under the skin and just used it. So it's that really like like I don't I can't even do it just it's fucking creepy music though too. Yeah. Visuals are crazy. I we've been talking for a while. Do we have anything else we got to get out here before we cash this? There's a Star Wars live action series. <laughs> Nobody knows anything about it. <laughs> I saw um, I saw Killing Joke in the theater. How was that? Um, it was good. Have you read the book? No. Well, I've 
read excerpts, but I've never read the whole thing. This is bizarre because I think me and Brandon have read the book. Yeah, because I borrowed not it from you. seen the cartoon. And you've seen the cartoon, but not read the book. No, I've only seen like bits and pieces. So of we really can't says. compare. <laughs> um, so like a lot of awful rapey stuff in it. Th- there's a really bad rape. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, like it's, it's very implied rape. Because so it's like the right after thing. he shoots her, um, yeah, there's Barbara a scene Gordon, where right. like Batman is just hunting down leads as hard as he can, and he goes to these like three wise prostitutes under a bridge, and they're That's like, "Oh yeah, the, the Joker didn't no. show up. He got out of jail, and usually comes and bangs us." And like, they were uh, really like nonchalant about like Joker just banging prostitutes, which I didn't really agree with at all and kind of bugged me for a long time but it gave off a way more rapey vibe that like he didn't have to go bang prostitutes because he went and raped barbara gordon after he shot her instead so yeah like the book the only thing well there's a lot in the book actually because it's like it's totally it's like the implied rape of our Gordon, like after they like paralyze her. Mm-hmm. Then he like rapes her and he takes pictures of her and then he puts it all up for Commissioner Gordon to see. Which yeah. Is like, that's a really awful part of the book. But it's also like, I don't think you can tell that tale right without that. As awful as that sounds, yeah. like you have to like make the Joker just so. <sighs> You have to put him so opposite of Batman to make that story work. Yeah. Like, you have to give real reason for why Batman is, like, really considering, like, killing the Joker for the first time. Like, it, it's it's because mur- him murdering people isn't enough. That's happened a lot that time. So, to make something so awful and brutal like that, that's what would finally push Batman over the line. So, that's really what that story is about, I feel like, is, like... Like Batman has pushed his utmost limit, and what's he gonna do? You know, I think they kind of handle it poorly. I mean, this is what everyone else thinks too. But the first like half an hour of that movie is Barbara Gordon like fighting crime as Batgirl, and then like she goes, she like works at a library with like a super stereotypical gay best friend, Uh and she's like, whenever she's Barbara Gordon, she's just pining over her love of Batman and kind of trying to explain it to her gay best friend. And then at one point she's like, I can't do this anymore. And she just like rips off her top and they just have sex on a rooftop for no reason. Um, So then when Joker ends up shooting her, instead of being like, this was my protege who was under my protection and you shot her, like this was my protege and my lover as of like last week, you know, and it really adds a bad dynamic to it. Yeah. I don't Um, like that. And also after Batman and Batgirl have sex, there's a really awkward scene where she's like waiting on a rooftop for him to like buzz her on the bat intercom. And she's just like waiting by the phone for his call until he like, and then she's like, well, fine, I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to call him. Like, I want to get the awkward period after having sex over. And it's just, they really devalue that character a lot. How, how long is that? Hour and a half. See, like when I was hearing that they were making it off of that, I'm like, it's like two issues of a comic. 
Yeah. Like, yeah. I was it's like, like, how do you make this a whole movie? You know, just reading it, it's like a 45 minute read. If even so, that. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, you could probably, like, you could stretch it to a good hour, but too much beyond that, I don't see it happening. Yeah, it sounds like they added a lot of things. Yeah, the first half was just all Barbara Gordon, like, being chased by this guy called Paris Friends, who's... <laughs> yeah, I don't think I like this. I will probably check it out eventually. Just because, it was really good. Just because like, it's like Kevin Conroy and Mark. Hamill. Yeah, that's why I win is because yeah. Kevin Conroy. That's Batman to me. That's yeah. the voice of Batman. Me too. Which is interesting to take it full circle. Is that that's my Joker? I mean, I grew up watching Batman the animated series, so that's the voice of Joker. I and remember. Like, do you remember when you found out it was Luke Skywalker? Kind of, yeah. Yeah, it was like alarming to me finding out that I was, I was like, no fucking way. And it really? only happened like, like a few years ago. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't that long ago. <laughs> well, I was kind of a nerd when it came to animation, so I feel like I found out at some point in the 90s, but it was like late 90s. Oh, it's, it's But it was it's still like, like shocking to me when I found that out. It's the 20 teens for me, so yeah. yeah. If nothing else, there's like kind <laughs> of a... I mean, I've been able to identify all the voice cast, like the main voice cast of The Simpsons, for like 15, 20 years. <laughs> like, I'm that kind of nerd that's like in my wheelhouse. So, like, I, yeah, I could identify anybody who did voices on like Futurama, Simpsons, Batman. Like, I, I recognize voices from one cartoon mm-hmm. and I'm like, Oh, I bet it's this person. And then I'll look and it's totally them. I just did it the other day. Uh, we were wa- like, I was, uh, today I was editing spaced invaders for the alien movie project. And I heard one of the aliens and I'm like, ah, oh, that sounds like one of Joe Alasky's shitty voices. And then I heard Aaron Donaldson talking about how Joe Alasky did one of the aliens. I'm like, there you go. Like that dude, he did Tiny Tunes was like how I originally knew him. And then he wound up taking over some of the main characters for Mel Blanc from Looney Tunes. So I think he was one of the ones that did Bugs Bunny for a while and like Elmer Fudd and a couple other ones. But yeah, I just like he has a certain way with his voice. I just know him right away. He was also on a show called Out of This World. Did you ever see this show? No. Okay. Maybe was this it animated? Is, no, it was like it was live action. And I think it was in the eighties, maybe early nineties as well. But it was like about this girl named Edie, and she could freeze time by like putting her fingers together, like her index finger fingers together, and then like everything would freeze, and then she would do whatever, and then she'd like clap her hands, and it would like go back to normal that was like her only power for like a couple seasons and then she got a power called gleeping which was basically she could turn one thing into another thing but her father was an alien and she talked to him in like this crystal like fucking jewelry box looking thing is bizarre so she (laughs) does the save by the bell timeout with chinese finger trap yeah, <laughs> yeah, and it was around. And talks the time. to her father in the Fortress of Solitude. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, yeah, it was around the time Saved by the Bell was on too. So it was like that era of show. It was like a syndicated show. So Joe Alasky was like a guy in it. I've never talked to anybody else who's seen that show. It drives me crazy. I saw it so much when I was a kid, 
And it must be an Oregon thing. I don't know. What about Small Wonder? Did you ever see that show? I've heard of it. I've never watched it. Yeah, that's another one. I've never met anybody else who's seen it, but I have seen references to it on the internet. Yeah, it's like a little girl who's like a robot. Like she was built to be a robot, but it's just like a little girl. I don't know. All right, we should kill this because I'm anyway. talking about fucking obscure ass 80s shows now. Damn you, Stranger Things. Damn you to hell. <laughs> All right, so take it easy. I don't actually have debates on my show. It's called That's Debatable, but I don't really have an affirmative or negative debate, really. It's not a win or loss kind of debate. The way that I've organized the show is to kind of try to talk about arguments um, as opposed to having any one argument in particular. I think talking about arguments is a fun way to have an argument. You're kind of arguing with people as opposed to necessarily against them. A Not Safe for Network podcast. Take that OD, you drink it down to the label. Yeah. You uh, get yourself a funnel from a gas station. <laughs> uh, you then pour sauce in up to where the, the malt just liquor started. Fill her back up. Mm-hmm. So you got yourself a little bit of a buzz on because you just drank about a third of a bottle of malt liquor. Put it inside yourself. Mm-hmm. Experience what we just had the absolute privilege mm-hmm. of experiencing in such a thickening. Yeah. I don't see any way that anyone's ever going to regret this. Yeah. We had a good life. When Wilford Brimley is telling you that that's what he's going to do, you're like, oh, wow, it must be aliens. It's totally because the mustache. Yeah, yeah, believe the mustache because when he is in the thing and he is missing the mustache. Bad news. There's something about him that's not Something's right. And the characters pick off. up on it right away and they lock him away. <laughs> you know, the plot suggests it's for other reasons, but he is a man that should have a mustache. And when he doesn't, it codes for strangeness. And just all around wrongness and weirdness. The Alien Movie Project. Hi, I'm Biggs. Check out my podcast, Biggs on Film, where I do insightful commentaries on films that you love. Uh, Gort the Robot, they call him Newt. Yeah, Newt. Like like he's uh, Norwe- like, Norwegian. Yeah, <laughs> he's mostly Norwegian. Mostly. The two fancy skeletons in the back are the worst. Dude. I know, they're the best. <laughs> like, it's no wonder they lost this battle. <laughs> That's a gross-looking punching bag. Dude, oh, I'd yeah, be that worried punching... about getting Seminilla punching that bag. I think he might have... Given that punching bag salmonella. Well, every now and then it's insightful. Find us on iTunes.